This is the Maxlexia podcast. Here, it's all dyslexia all the time. A place to explore it in all its complex beauty, changing the way we and the world perceive the dyslexic mind. I'm Lori Catella, your host, and I'm ready to help guide you to see and celebrate your own dyslexic brilliance. Together, we will change the world. Welcome to the Maxlexia podcast and hopefully everyone's well. I don't know where you all are but where I am it's certainly cold so hopefully you guys are staying warm and here we go for today. I'd like to address another Q&A Maxlexia minute. Like I referenced before um, these are really questions that I see most frequently asked in a lot of the online forums that are all about dyslexia, all dyslexia all the time. And I have to tell you, these, these are really wonderful places because I find in the world of dyslexia, which I'm sure you've experienced as well, there's such a camaraderie between people going through the dyslexic life journey and in these online forums, whether Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whichever one that perhaps you guys are involved with, I just find it a really very positive place where there's a lot of support there's a lot of genuine caring for one another, offering advice, sharing stories, sharing some of the similar experiences, and um, also sharing frustrations because, as you know, the dyslexic life journey can be a difficult one only because the world does not understand dyslexia. And that's one of the things I'm here to do with Maxlexia. That is one of my main life goals is to change the way the world perceives dyslexia. So just a small goal like that. So with all of you together, we will change the way the world sees dyslexia and the way they think about dyslexia and the way they think about people who have dyslexia. So that being said, I really wanted to address one of the questions that I see um, off asked many times in these types of online forums would be, how do I stand up and advocate for my child? Now, this usually is vis-a-vis the school in terms of their learning environment and their learning um, support that they can get within the school and even without, without, even outside of the school. So this is a very important question. And really, if you, well, let's roll back. If you suspect at some point that your child may be dyslexic or perhaps a teacher has flagged it in some way that... They're wondering if there may be something behind the struggles that they're seeing your child have in the school, then really I would say to you, I can't stress it enough and I can't say it enough times, but you must act on that immediately. Time is of the essence and the faster that you act on that and get an assessment and get a diagnosis and get early intervention, the most beneficial to your child for the most successful outcomes. So really, this is an important piece. If there's ever anything that you are wondering about or that a teacher or an educator or someone in the school may have flagged, please, I say, go get your child assessed and see if they do indeed end up with a diagnosis of dyslexia. So if that happens, what do you do? Now, some of you may have had experience with other children with dyslexia, so you're you're quite already on that journey. But if this is all new to you, the first thing that you really want to do is to inform yourself. 
Get yourself informed because the more informed you are about dyslexia, about what it is, about the support that you can offer your child, about what the schools are required to provide for your child, the more strongly you can advocate and effectively advocate for your child. So this is really important. And informing yourself can be can, can mean a number of things. There are certainly, as we know, there's lots of online resources you can access. So any 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 of the online dyslexia associations will have plenty of background information describing dyslexia, explaining what it is. And um, oftentimes if you if you tap into a local association, you'll also find some local resources for you as well. And that's going to be important because you really want to build your repertoire here. This is where you want to have a full a full docket of people that you know you can go to and that you know you can count on to accurately and effectively deal with your dyslexic child. So I would say things like a um, compiling a list of psychologists that do psychoeducational evaluations because oftentimes there's a waiting list for these types of testing and it can take months for you to get in to get the test and to receive the report back. So I'd say if you can compile a list that you can see who can see you the quickest, that would be the best. And um, after that, certainly a list of perhaps schools that are dyslexia friendly. There, there are resources within all schools, but some schools have better experience and knowledge in terms of the dyslexic student. And I would say if there's an option for you to be able to funnel your child into that stream, then I would definitely go that route. And then making a list of local tutors, local specialists, educational specialists who work specifically with dyslexia, whether it be reading specialists who are very well trained in, in early reading intervention, whether it be math specialists that are experienced with dyslexia and understand the way the dyslexic brain sees math in different ways. That's going to be crucial for you moving forward with your dyslexic child. So once you're well informed about what it is, the requirements that your child will need in school throughout their schooling, and um, have your list of local people that you can count on, that's when you make an appointment with the school. Now, this would be after you have had the assessment done on your child and received a diagnosis of dyslexia. And making an appointment with the school is an important part because that begins the dialogue between you and the teachers and the administration and giving them an awareness of where your where your kid is at and what their specific needs and requirements are. So this is important because a lot of what I see in these online forums is that sometimes these IEP meetings, if you, if you look at that, um, can be a bit frustrating if you don't have an understanding and an awareness of what is actually possible for your child to have in place. But even beyond that, I would just say an, uh, just a meeting, not even an IEP meeting, but just a real meeting to meet with the teachers as a group and the administration to bring them the information about the diagnosis of dyslexia and then what types of um, requirements that has been put in place in this assessment, in the report for it usually it includes a number of pieces. It includes um, things that are important for your child in terms of the classroom setting. So that could be anything from where they sit to how they can take notes. And then also for as they get older, maybe not in the initial early years, but certainly as they get older, how to take tests and exams in those types of scenarios, what works best for them, 
whether it be accommodations of extra time or a separate setting where they're in a separate room, uh, a reader, scribe, memory aids, those kind of things can be extremely important. And not only that, but I would say the accommodations provided for your child for tests and exams that can follow them through their entire academic experience is absolutely crucial to their academic success. And really the point of this, this early intervention that I, that I, that I absolutely will emphasize again and again is that if we let this go and we don't provide the accurate and appropriate and directed support for a dyslexic child, certainly in the early years of the academic setting, their self-confidence in their academic abilities and even in themselves, period, their self-esteem gets crushed. And really by the time that they hit middle school and high school, they've basically given up well on themselves and they've certainly given up on school believing that they are not intelligent believing that they are not capable and believing that they really will not be able to succeed at school and in any academic setting so this is really crucial that we have the early intervention we have the accurate and appropriate support in school and outside of school that being like i said um any, any tutors that you have in your area that can support them with the learning in the reading areas and in the math specifically towards a dyslexic profile. So once this is done, how do you advocate for your child? Well, like I just explained, advocating for them early on with dialogue with the school, this needs to be ongoing because oftentimes there's little gaps and slips and really just keeping up with that, checking in on a regular basis in the early years is extremely important to make sure everything stays on track, both within school and if there's any outside support as well. The interesting part about this, and, and I've seen it play out many, many times, but really this is important that you then allow as they age and with increased maturity to their to their age level appropriate age level that you start to offload this onto them you start to train them and teach them how to advocate for themselves and this becomes very very important moving forward now the ways that you teach them to advocate for themselves is really almost um to give them basically almost give them the script and the dialogue that they will need to bring forward in terms of explaining to a to an academic setting or a teacher or anyone in a school setting what their actual learning profile is so that they are very clearly able to explain how their brain works what works for them what they know they struggle with what they know they have challenges in and the types of strategies and things that have worked for them in the past the second piece of that is for really to have them be able to advocate for themselves vis-a-vis -vis their accommodations for tests and exams, which become increasingly more important as the years go on and they get higher up in the educational system where these, these grades are very important for them to make their applications into further educational um, institutions and in universities or colleges that they're wanting to get into. So accommodations are extremely like I said before, crucial to academic success. The only way that dyslexic students will be able to perform to their maximum, to their maximum abilities and show what they know is if they are provided the accommodations that they need in order to do so. So for them to be able to 
pay attention, make sure that they're getting their accommodations for all their tests and exams, and that these things don't get kind of dropped and fall through the cracks, this is going to be important for them to be able to advocate for themselves to make sure, again, that this stays on track for them to be able to perform at their best. Now, I have to say, and I've seen it happen many times before, but sometimes things do happen depending on what environment you're in and sometimes it requires the parent to come in and gently step in yet again to kind of readjust and reset the compass so that things get back to to the direction that they need to be for this but for the most part i say please give them the tools they need to advocate for themselves and this will truly truly empower them with their dyslexia empower them with their educational experience, empower them with their success and having a very good self-awareness of their learning style and of the things that they require in order to be able to perform and succeed in school. Once we do that, really, we are absolutely setting them up for success. We are maintaining their self-esteem and their self-confidence. And really, that's, that's the bottom line, because if this doesn't get addressed in the right way, then this can be a lifelong issue in terms of self-esteem and self-confidence. So really empower your kids, show them how to advocate for themselves, step in when necessary after the early years of advocating for them and allow them to go and shine their dyslexic brilliance in school and show everyone what dyslexia actually is. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Maxlexia podcast. If you've got any questions or comments, or if you're looking for more dyslexia-related stories, resources, and information, reach out to me on my website, maxlexia.com. Peace out. See you next time.